between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. No, normally when you read when you read it right, you might, when you see cost is the man, you might be wanting to ha cost is that man, cost is that man, uh-huh, you know, ah that you yeah. But the, the sincere truth is, Adam inherited the cost life. So when they were saying cost is the man, don't just think one man that uh, you are cost, you are cost, you are cost. That cost is the man. It's not that we are causing you. It's actually stating a state. Right, a man that is like this is living a cost life. That's basically, you know, what it's saying. So a man that trusted in man and maketh flesh his arm. See that his arm there is, is maketh flesh his strength. Right. For example, when you are armed for war, right? Yeah. Okay. There are there are tools uh, that you are armed with to go for war, right? And then this one said. That blesses the cost is the man that trusted in man and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. Amen. Uh, so that state is a, is a cost state, right? Is a cost state, and if you look at our our day to day, no. That's, that's just the normal life of every unbeliever. Everyone is living a, a cost life. As long as you are outside God, you are, no matter how blessed in the natural you are, right? There's no blessing. That's the sincere truth, right? Because what we men consider blessing are the things that we can touch, are the things that we can speak about of an achievement, right? That's what we mostly call blessing, right? Uh, uh, let's say if I'm someone now that suddenly, uh, let's say I started doing something and I began to make a lot of money, mm-hmm. eh? then people, everybody, like, oh, that man is so successful, oh, that man is blessed. Or let's just say, if I can, because of that, I'm now privileged to be able to give arms. Right? Take, you take. You, uh, then everybody says, ah, oh, that man is so blessed. He even give to the poor. No different things. If you begin to see, there are different ways the, the environment or the world establish some things. Eh? So they can, est- they can establish um how what success is they can establish who's accepted or they, they determine the acceptance criteria and which be which will now become the standard yeah it will become the standard and you know, just like and i know this one is very very interesting but just like uh this that 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 arrangement itself is what we actually even call the righteousness of the world right because that is what the word accept, right? So, oh, if you can do this, you give to the poor, you are blessed. Ah, that means that is a standard of righteousness. 
right? So that is to the world. That's righteousness. Oh, you give, you, you are kind, you are, you are awesome, you know, you don't insult, you don't slap, right? And the reason, the reason why we are like that is because, you know, we just, we just, we just have some form of uh, life that we inherited from Adam, right? So that's just, you know, Adam, when Adam left the garden, Adam was not bankrupt, right? Adam had some life. Adam had some things he had come into from the garden, right? And as a result of that, he was able to pass on that life, right? So many of the things we see today in men, you know, that seems good, it's just as a result of that life from the beginning that passed down, right? The same way, you know, when a, uh, when uh, people, you know, they come together, they're married, and then they begin to give birth. You notice that as this child is growing, you begin to see your traits in the child. Ah, this one is mine. That one is mine. Ah, no, this is not mine. My wife, that's your own. You know, everybody will be, the, the parents will be picking, ah, where did, okay, how did the child learn that? It's not as if the child has, knows anything. Just, ah, I thought you had to do that. Now, that means it's, it's inherent. It was, it was passed on, right? And then they begin to exhibit natures. That, that's the same way life can pass on, right? From the beginning, Adam's quality of life didn't just die, even though he inherited the cost life. Right? So, you know, when he's sitting in the garden, then they said God cursed him. Right? But it wasn't really a curse. God did not, God did not say, I curse you, Adam. What happened was that Adam inherited the cursed life. So God was just proclaiming, hey, yeah, sorry, this is what you have done. This and this and this you would do. You would what? You would labor. You, you would have to till the ground. Right? You notice that that's the same thing they are almost referring to here that we are reading. That says, "Cause is the man that trusted in man, and maketh flesh his arm." Right. So, when man begins to look at the work of his hand, right, he's beginning to is 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 actually trusting the flesh, the flesh work. No, no, flesh work is not just you know sin, adultery, and all those things. Flesh. Is actually a nature, a life, right? That man inherited from the beginning. Flesh. Uh, let's read. Let's read uh, Genesis chapter six. Let's read Genesis chapter six. To read, to read. We read from verse one. It says, "And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them." Okay, so daughters were born unto them that the Son of God saw 
the daughters of men. Right? Saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. Why? For that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. Amen. So we can see a trait here. Um, once it became flesh, how they became flesh was simple. The sons of God, when it says sons of God, I know many, many teachings say these sons of God were angels. Angels came to men. No, they are not angels. Angels are spirit. They don't, spirits don't. Uh-huh. So spirits can't come and say, okay, let's, let's create a child. No, if not, why have they stopped? It's true. <laughs> Is it not true? Yeah. Uh-huh. Why, why did they stop? At least, should be God is uh, redeeming men today. Men are changing. At least, uh, let's say, maybe the quality of the daughters of men have increased. Okay, why are they not making babies today? Uh-huh. What happened? What is trend them? Hmm? They would have, they might as well, continued making babies. But it's not, they are not angels. They are men that have, that have stature. Adamic stature that were they were of Adam's seed. See that quality of life in Adam was being passed on to the sons. And those sons and daughters were not just living their life like everyone else. They are cultured by the face of God. Right? Now the face of God there is also the presence of God. Right? Now, as long as you are cultured by that presence, there is a guarantee of preservation of your life. Right? Now, when I say your life, I'm not saying our own because we gain a different one. Now, there's a preservation of the life that is is in line with God. Amen. So, there is a preservation of life. And when I'm saying life, sometimes, you know, life may... What do you mean by life? You know, what I mean by life is very simple. Life is God being given, right? So when God is given to a man, what he receives is life, right? So when God begins to uh, give himself, because only him has life, nothing else, every life that we see, is a flow from that life. So God, from his life, he created other lives. So he created little, little, little lives. Now, those little, little lives can't sustain themselves. They can't. When God created a tree, right? Tree will only remain a tree, right? The moment a tree is gone, when you cut the tree, that's it. You no, know, you dry it out, okay, it's gone, right? It can't, it can't regenerate itself. Even though you can see that to some little, little degree, everything God created has ability to replenish in a way. When I say replenish, you know, for example, if you get injured now, the wound will close up, right? That's heal, the body will heal itself. When you cut a tree and you don't remove the root, after you cut it, you notice that it will still try to grow 
some other, so you still try to grow, right? But those kind of life, they have their limit. They have their limit. They don't, they can't, uh, they, they are not, let me use this word, they are not eternal, right? So they are not eternal. And in simple terms, anything that is outside God's life can never be eternal. No matter how good that life is, it can't be. Why? No scripture says only him that have immortality that dwell in light. So anything whatsoever that is outside that life is what? Is not eternal. And also it is a caused life. Now you can't say a tree is caused now because a tree did not see. It's not it's not the way God made the way God made trees, goats, animals, and all that, they don't have the ability to rebel against God. They don't. So in their nature, God made them the way they are. They can function as they are, but they themselves, they are subject to someone. Isn't it? Eh? Is it true? Everything else, everything on earth, were subject to someone and is Adam. So literally almost everything they are all everything God created, they were all connected to Adam. All of them. Lion, goats, trees, fishes, all of them, they have their they have their subjection, submission to Adam. Technically Adam is the life of the rest of them all. Because Adam has is Adam, Adam is different, right? And God made him to rule. Say, so have dominion over all the fish, and eh, all the birds, and eh, all every crawling thing that crawls upon the earth. Say, so have dominion, right? So, Adam have a dominion. He has a dominion which was upon all the animals, right? So all of them, they technically look to him for life. When I say for life, they are subject. And when Adam will walk towards a lion, the lion will run, run away. The lion will come and put head, hey, pet my head. That was, that was the life then. Pet me, pet me, pet me, let me pet, you know. Why? If not... You know, when, when, when God told Adam, yeah, name all the animals. At least, if they were going to devour him, at least, okay, you come. If he was going through all of them one by one, at least he has to come and see them. You lion, okay, I name you lion. You know, it's not, you know, Adam that named lion, lion. You know, that was not the name. Adam gave lion. It's uh, Oyibo, English, that named lion, lion. If not... If lion is lion, then in Yoruba we won't call it Kinyo. And that's what we call it in our language. Mm-hmm. And everybody has the name they call lion in their language. Abi. So that lion is just a language to describe a creature that has a nature. Wow. Right? So in reality, the name that Adam gave lion was its nature. So it's Adam that designed how lion will be. You're a, you're a lion. 
I can name. Oh, okay, okay. Why? What? It can tell their natures. Okay, you. Yeah. Mm, swim. Okay, you'll be able to eat this. It was. It was. It was. It was the one that began to name them. When I say name, that you're talking about their person. That makes sense. So when you talk about person, person, and when you hear a name today, Abby, ah, John. John, yes, he knows that you are calling. Ah, John, John, John. Ah, I know John. John can John can jump high, man. You see, John. John is a jumper. So, if I'm saying that, right, the moment you hear John, what you remember is the jumper. Ah, John, the jumper. Oh, John. John can smile, right? So when you are when you hear a name, the moment you hear a name. When you remember it right in your heart, what you attribute to it is the person, not just the name. It's the person, right? When I hear Lolia, aha, the moment I hear that name, there is, there is a picture in my mind, and it's not Lolia. What is in my mind is the person of Lolia. Abi, when I hear Tovia, it's not the name. The moment I hear that, I will associate that name with a person. In nature, right? So when Adam named them, he gave them their person. Hmm? So he gave he named them. Right? He didn't name them lion, he didn't name them goat, he didn't name them mosquito. There are new things. They, if he was one that named all of them, there are new things they are getting today that they name. Hmm? In short, the name of the planet. Eh? They name Pluto, Mars. Is it Adam that gave it Pluto or Mars? It's not Adam now, but they have their name. They are all eight. <laughs> Does that make sense? They are all eight. They are all stars. Right? But let's leave that. Um, the, the, the nature was given to them. But the reason why he was able to do all that was because he had a life that was superior to all the other lives on earth. So his life was more like the governing life. So if you will say it now, Adam was the righteousness of the earth. Was he not? It was because everything is subject to Adam. Adam is the one that rule, that is given. If, if you will come to earth, you will go through Adam. Basically. Hmm? Right? So that was this kind of life he had. Then what happened? The moment he sinned, then he fell. Something left him. It wasn't just, it wasn't just, oh, I disobeyed, bye-bye. The moment he sinned, something left him. Glory left him. It was no longer the same person. That's why today, when... Any man see a lion, a lion will first run back and then know why am I running? Come back and then let me attack you out of fear. Let me ah, let me escape. No, let me deal with this. But if it was Adam, that lion will never try it. Why? Because Adam, Adam has the key to it. Let me use that word, right? So Adam has the key, and that key was embedded in his life. So, what I'm painting is just basically for us to see the quality of life that Adam had, 
right? And before falling. And see, just seeing that quality of life in there. And that quality of life is still possible today. Even though we don't see that much. So when Adam gave birth, you know, he began to uh, give birth. He gave birth to someone that looked like him. When I look like him, I'm talking about Abel. Because Abel took his nature, but Cain did not. Cain took a nature from something else. Right? Now, how? It's, it's possible because Adam, in the beginning, he ate the fruit. So the moment he ate the fruit, and which he was commanded not to eat, what happened was, but by the slight of that, he inherited another life. Mingled with the one he had before. So the moment he ate that fruit, he took in a life. That life began to work. Although it was not yielding to it, then it gave birth. You know, like I was saying earlier, when you give birth, then you give birth to your image. Right? So when they give birth to his image, and in that image, it is possible for one to take good. Because there is that tendency for the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, that means that life can be inherited as well. Then that is the reason why... So when we say, so Cain didn't just become wicked. He, he inherited a life, a wicked life, which taught him that nature. But he also had a choice, isn't it? Uh, Genesis 4. Let me read quickly. Uh, I read from verse 5. Say, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance falling? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? So if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desires. And thou shalt rule over him. So we see here, it says, If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. So basically what they were saying here is, sin was knocking on his door. And that beckoning was, sin was actually teaching him a life. Do this, do this, do this, do this. That same sin, I'm sure, was also knocking Abel's door. But Abel did not open the door. Why? Because there's a tendency for that life. said, do this, do that, do this, do that. Then what happened? Then he gave in. How? That, that is where you know, hatred came. Then he murdered his brother. So he became a murderer. Right? And that murderer is not just the killing of his brother. It's because he inherited the same life that's, that Satan inherited. That were, so that he was able to slay her, uh, one quarter of the host. Is it one quarter? One third. 
He slain, you know, he slain the angels. He slain them. He, he murdered them. It was a nature in him that he also inherited, right? Then Abel gave in to that same nature. Then he was able to murder his brother. Now, from those, we can see that there's two life there. The one Cain took, the one Abel had before he died. Then if we read further, we see that then Adam knew his word again. Then what happened? They gave birth to Seth, I believe. And then, uh, let me read what happened when they gave birth to Seth. I said, call his name Seth, verse 4, chapter 5, verse 4. He said, and the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Adam lived were 930 years and he died. I think this is when they began to talk about the generations. Uh, amen, amen. I think it was in the verse, I think it was verse 4 or 5 too. Hmm. So, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, called his name Seth. For God said, She had appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And I said, And so Seth, and to Seth, to him also, there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. And then what happened? Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. This men began to call upon the name was a sign, right? That they themselves were beginning to yield and move. They were following uh, Abel's path, which is also Adam's path, right? But Cain took a different path. Now, where I'm going with this is that the sons of God came from Seth's line. For those that began to call upon the name of the Lord. That's a st- so they had a stature which was linked to the life in Adam. right? So that is why they can also be called sons of God. Because Adam was also a son of God. Adam was a son. Because every, every being God created, angels are sons. Man is a son too. They are all sons, just that they have their own places, right? Just that man was only made a little lower than angels. So if he made a li- just tiny lower, and angels are sons, right? Uh, when we say sons, let's quickly look at, um, just, to, just to verify that, right? Let's look at Ezekiel 28, when we were talking about Lucifer, right? Ezekiel 28, um, from verse, 
I'm reading from verse uh, You notice in verse 12. Let me I'll read from verse 12 actually, and then we'll go from there. It says, Son of man, take a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou selected up the sun, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the oinx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabaret and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. said, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have said thee so. That was upon the, sun, the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So thou art perfect in thy ways for the day that thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee. But the budget of the merchant that they have filled the midst of thee with violence, thou art sin. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. So thine, thine heart was lifted because of thy beauty. Um, Okay, I think. Um, okay, uh, I think it's the son of man. I see. I read. What I was looking for is actually in Isaiah 11. Actually, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's read Isaiah 11. I think it was the, it was the son of man there. But. Isaiah. Mm-hmm. That's where the verse is it fourteen? Let me see. I think it's is that fourteen on eleven. 14. Should be fourteen. Mm-hmm. That's Isaiah fourteen, verse twelve, says. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? So you notice they says here that is what son of the morning, right? So son of the morning, uh, they, are, they are just explaining the, the where it's from, right? Is a son of the morning, right? Now, if you look at Christ too, they call him Christ is the bright and morning star, right? Son of God, bright and morning star. So all these angels are all sons, right? The angels, they are some, they are the, the let's say the seraphims, they are called sons of fire, right? He's son of the morning, who is a cherub, as we read in Ezekiel 28. So thou, thou anointed cherub, oh anointed cherub, thou cover it. Is a cherub, is a son of the mornings. Cherubims are morning creatures. It's just, a, it's just a spiritual word they use to describe them from where they are from. Just like they said, Christ is also bright and morning star. Amen. So they're all sons. That's why they called, uh, that's why they can call them sons of God. So when they're referring in Genesis as well, that when the sons of God, they're actually talking about 
they are referring to seed of Adam eh, that still have God's life. The sonic nature that was there in the beginning. Right? Then it says, the, the what? Do not choose the daughters of men. Right? The daughters of men are men that gave birth to daughters, but they were of flesh nature. So which means they inherited the, the, the life from Cain. Right? They kept living that life, and they gave birth to sons and daughters. So those nature was, that, that nature was prevalent in them. They, they were already turning. They were already, they, they were like those people that they, they were already journeying to Sodom and Gomorrah part. They were, you know those in chapter, is it 10, when, when uh, God wiped the earth? They were already on that path. Then imagine sons of God now mixing with those. The moment they mixed their seed with them, what happened? God said, no, my spirit shall no longer strive. Because technically what they are doing, they, are, they just killed something inside. They removed spirit life that was in them, right? So that they can marry. You can't just marry those fair ladies like that. You need to, be, you need to, have, been, to have lost yourself to, to say, I, I would desire to marry them, okay? So they got in there and then what happened? They became flesh. They inherited the flesh life, which was from the wisdom inside the knowledge of good and evil, which Adam ate, passed on to Cain, which raised sons and daughters. Amen. So imagine you are not giving yourself to that kind of life. Mm-hmm. That means you are actually living the cost life. Mm-hmm. So when they say cost is the man, it is indeed a cost man. In which, in the, which is harm is, is trust. Put his trust in man means the strength of man. He put his trust in the strength of man rather than of God. Amen. Amen. So that's the life that men live, right? They were living. So when good, imagine good, right? When good come, they will not see it. They will not see it because when you talk about good, good is not just. Um, it's not just, oh, that is good, this is good. Oh, I like that, that's awesome. The definition of what is good is anything that has God's nature or God's, God's nature. It's just, let me put it that way. Whatever is better out of God's nature is good. So that's to tell you that for you to get the quality of what is called good, you need to really, really be of God, from God, flow from God. It has to be out of God's life for you to call it good. As long as it's not from there, it is not good, right? So which means when you have the nature of flesh, when God is coming to you, let me just, I'm replacing good, eh, as I've defined, when God is coming, you will not see it. Because the life is against God. Mm? Is that clear? Most of the life, men, every, as long as we are unbelievers, that life we are living is against God. And we don't know it. It's against God. And salvation is just the beginning. It's just what? It's just the beginning of retraining that life. So when we... Turn from our wicked ways. Oh, 
we've not even fully turned from the wicked ways. We just, we, we turned, ah, God, I believe in you, you are my Lord and Savior. At that time, what happened? We have just started a journey that is going to now what? Recalibrate us, the way we have been thinking, the way we've been living. Right? So the way we've been living, and if you check it, the way, that, that's the same way, is what is ruling nations. Hmm? Most nations, not most nations were founded, especially in the, um, the West. Most of those nations were actually founded by biblical principles. Europe, you know, Canada, US, they were founded by biblical principles. But, if you check it now, they are no longer live, you know, the, the culture is not just, uh, you know, when, when you want to check the, you know, the, the culture of a place, the nature of a place, it's not just one, two, three people, right? Now, you, you just look at what the nations push forward. It's no longer righteousness. It is now, it is more towards the arm of flesh. Be whatever you are, do whatever you want to do. Um, a man, okay, you can love another man. Lady, you can love another lady, it's fine. You can marry, you know, that kind of, those kind of things. Man, marry man, lady, marry lady. Those are signs of iniquity growing. Just, these are just signs, right? That, that's the sign of the flesh life prospering. And men, they are giving to it so that it can prosper well. And that's what rule nations. Not just nations, they push it forward. Society, culture is, that, is now mingling with that seed. And imagine we have absolutely no clue of, let's say, Jesus, God. We we'll also be living our life that way. Everybody's known. The fact, the fact that you can even think different. Oh, thank God I shouldn't be doing this way. God is, that's a sign that, ah, God is good. There's mercy. We have received... We have received something great. That's why you can't just um, can't just uh, say an unbeliever and a believer are the same. They are far apart. The unbeliever may be stinking rich, and the believer may be stinking poor, but they are not in the same plane. They are not. Why? But in the natural, according to men's righteousness. When you see that, you're like, hey, yeah, this one status is different from this one. No. But those are earthly status. They mean nothing in the spirit. In the spirit, they don't, that, that unbeliever that is thinking rich is as wretched and as poor as hell. But that wretched believer is as rich in the spirit. But to us, you know, because of our blindness, the way we would judge the two will be different. Mm. Amen. The way we judge the two will be different. And because of that, let me move forward. Now, what I'm picking out of this is that the, 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 the nature that we are learning is totally different from God's life. As long as we are not learning God, we are not learning God's nature, what we have is totally different. So as I was marking the territory earlier, anything outside the life designed around Adam that God gave Adam, because it's from his life that he gave him, but it's not, that's not the end of that life. God gave him a part of it. 
so that he can actually come and learn the rest of that life. That was the sole reason for planting the tree of life in the garden. Why? The promise there is so that he can partake of it. That tree, just like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it also has a promise. There's a promise on that tree. So it's not just a random tree they planted there. There's a promise on that tree. And that tree was promising God to Adam. Just as the same way, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was deceivingly or deceptive in promising God life to Adam. He did promise a God life to him. He said, don't worry, eat it. You'll be like God. The reason why God didn't want you to eat it is because the day you eat it, you know you'll be like him. You'll be like God. It's also the same promise. But it was a lie. It's a deception. Right? So which means God designed that life in the beginning so that Adam can learn more and more. As great as Adam was at that time, Adam was not perfect. That's the summary. He needed to be made perfect. And the only thing you can use to perfect a man is for that man to eat of God's life. The moment you eat of God's life, you will be perfected in his life. And the funny thing is, you know, when you try to think of that life now, it's hard to, you you can't even think, how was that? Because in our mind, we've lost comprehension. We can't comprehend it. That is why we can't even know righteousness. So we can't, is, is the way, and the problem is, we don't know it before. We only knew little, Adam knew little. He was going to let so that he can know. Satan now came and deceived him, now took another life. That now began to teach him something else. Like I said earlier, he was telling Cain, do this, do that. Don't do this. He was knocking at the door. That, do this, do that, didn't stop the moment he gave in. It continued till today. So when God now wants to save a man, the first thing he will begin to train him is how not to trust the arm of flesh. It's the redemption from the cost life. Then how did he do that? When we get born again, then we begin to learn spirit. Again, what? Then we now begin to learn faith towards God. Isn't it? Let's open Hebrews chapter 6. Amen. And th- that's, that's the plane that is most familiar with believers. And all of us, we are most familiar with this plane because it's a very interesting plane. You know, scripture and the way God has been revealing himself is, is from dispensation. Sorry to interrupt. I think the, the, the family is outside there and they, they said they couldn't find a parking spot. No, they can park. Oh, okay. Sure. So they can back at the back here. It's okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let's begin to, uh, oh, should we wait a, should we wait a bit? So should we? 
<laughs> you want to wait? Okay. Any questions so far? I know question no good question. No question. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's find Hebrews chapter 6 while we're waiting. Are we there? Mm. Okay, there we go. I found it finally. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so that we are not uh, off air, and then everybody's wondering what's happening there. Mm? So nobody have no questions so far. It's all clear. I will soon uh, start rounding up. It's one hour already, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Okay. Hebrews 6, verse 1. Can someone help me read it, please? Hebrews 6, verse 1. Yes. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ... Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on, on, laying on of hands and of re- resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. This we will do if God permits. If God permit. So, and this we will do if what? God if God permit. So therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Amen. Amen. So let us go on to what? On to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead Amen uh, Maybe we can put a chairs there Abby? We can put you Okay Do we have a lot, I guess? Um, okay. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Maybe we should uh, wait a bit so that we can settle down. We apologize for those of us listening online 
quote that area. No problem. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hello. Praise the Lord. Uh, you are welcome. Yes, I guess we'll just do a formal introduction. Yes, please. <laughs> okay, uh, Sister Flora, you're welcome into our midst. Um, we're happy to have you. Amen. So let uh, let's just continue. Uh, just uh, it said Hebrews chapter six verse one. It said therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. It said of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. It said, and this will do if God permit. Uh, just as we've been saying earlier, uh, just a, a quick recap that there is there's an intent uh, in God's heart in the beginning, which is for Adam to come into his life. God's life is sacred, is holy, and highly separate. It is the, it is the sweetest and the most, and the, the scarcest, if there's a word like that, the sweetest and scarcest life you can ever find. Amen. And because of the, the degree of that life, the nature of that life, that life had to be kept away. And then there had to be a training for that life to be learned. So God now made Adam. God proposed in his heart, I would make you to inherit me. Therefore, let me make a way for you to inherit me. Because God is high, God, God's way, you know, God's ways are past finding out. God's ways. God, God uses the, uh, the, the foolish to confound the wise. Imagine he made angels. What, and angels are higher than men. Why didn't he plan that life for them? You know, because of their estates, they are high. God did not reserve that. Because God had an intent to make man inherit him. Then, because that was in his heart, what did he do? He had to make man the lowest. Why? Because he uses, he, he has, he uses the, the things without strength. Eh? He uses weaker, the weaker vessels to ascend. So God has to come low, which means what you, that is humility. Eh? Yeah. What you can never think can inherit God. God wants to make it inherit him. So God created man, which was lower than angels, and then planted the tree of life which had all the learning of God's life in that tree. Then when the lesson is learned, Adam will now be able to eat of that tree. The moment he eats of the tree, then he will now inherit and partake of that life. That will give him access to God's nature, which is the divine nature. Mm. And that nature is what we are all still looking. So you notice we use the word nature. Because when you talk about nature, you are talking about the, the expression of a person, right? Mm-hmm. So what's my nature? Oh, I like to be quiet. I like to uh, speak. So those are natures. Mm-hmm. 
when you think about someone, what's, what's that person's nature? Okay, that person likes to uh, be gentle, be kind. Those are the value that sums up a person. That's right? so the, the nature. That nature, as, as simple as it sounds, cannot be easily attained. Because that nature is power. That nature is power. Imagine if you're as meek as God. Mm. Hmm? The reason why God is God is because of those things. Mm. So imagine when you say, I want to be meek. Mm. Then you will know that uh, that level of meekness must pass, surpass this world. Yeah. If the meekness is this world standard, it is not meekness yet. Mm. It's, it's, it's a meekness in a degree. Mm. Right? Mm. So God showing us the nature of his life. He also made man very low. How do we find that wisdom? We know if you look into Hebrews chapter 2, right? In Hebrews chapter 2, we notice where he was talking about Adam. Ah, funny enough, it's still the same story. Story, but the same uh, truth. Uh, I read verse uh, 6. said, But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man? That thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him. Imagine angels wondering, what is what is the son of man? Why are you visiting that weak thing? I said, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Then what? Thou crownest him with him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But like I was saying earlier, right, that there was nothing that he did not put under him. So when I was saying earlier that everything was put in subjection to Adam, right, this is actually wisdom from scripture. Everything was in subjection, everything, no subjection, sub, it's like they submit to him. They submit to Adam. Let's go forward. He said, But thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Just explain what we were saying earlier, that before everything was in subject, but the moment he fell, things are no longer in subject to him. That is why a lion can be angry and eat up a man today. But it was not so. It was not meant to be so. Amen. Uh, the Adamic, the Adamic nature or stature is a stature that nature responds to. Right? It's not it's not you know that it's not a it's not coercing something. Is it's actually in it's a stature. Is a I don't know if I'm making sense. It's it's, it's, it's a weighty stature that Adam had that nature can respond to him. That is why we see the second Adam. When Christ was speaking to the wind, peace be still, he was not doing miracle. He has grown because Christ, when he was born, although he was God, but he became flesh. No, that's that's one of the most. Uh, uh, what's it called? That was one of the most uh, 
was 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 is it a um, eh? one, uh, one of the mystery and also a very contending point for many believers mm-hmm. say no jesus was god so therefore he could uh, no that's why he was mm-mm. jesus is god but also a man because he became flesh right imagine that's when he said that behold the mystery eh? god revealed in flesh imagine god being revealed in flesh meaning that you know we used to think that he had all the god power when he became flesh but it was not so he grew back into that stature which means it is possible and for men to inherit the life that god has designed why he wanted to show us the way. See that tree in the beginning, that life inside that tree that Adam could not take. Christ came to show us a way back how to take that. Amen. Amen. So he came, he spoke to the wind. Say, peace be still. Because as at that time, he has come into the Adamic stature. So when you see in scripture, when they are referring to Christ as the second Adam, it was not just a play of word. They were actually referring to Christ's stature as he grew to become this, the same stature that was in Adam that I was explaining earlier. And that stature that was, he was able to name animals. Yeah? Animals were subject to him. Lion will come, they won't eat him up. Yeah? Uh, what else? Hippopotamus will come and say, hi. You know, they, Hippopotamus will say, hi Adam, bless me. He was, he, was even, he was even blessing all of the animals. Adam blessed me, you know. Um, giraffe will come, rub his head around Adam. Hi, Adam, hi. Why? Because they were all subject to him. They were subject to him, so they had to uh, come to him. But the moment he fell, that chain of dominion broke. So what means is that the moment Adam sinned, there was chaos in his nature. That reflected in all creation. That's why Adam, um, a lion began to rebel. Why? He began to eat other animals. Um, that is why Ayena too will be looking for other. You know, everything began. That chaos. Why there is, you know, all the animals. There's, the reason why there's food chain. A lion eats this. And rabbit eats that. Something eats ant. Ant eats. The reason why that is in place was because of the, the, the disruption Adam caused in the spirit. They're all spiritual. It's a spiritual um, problem. It's not a, a natural arrangement. It's a spiritual thing. So that caused problem in nature. And then, it didn't, it's not just an animal. In Adam himself. And that is why we see men today. Men will fight war, do different things. That was the cause of all that. Amen. So, but there is hope, right? There is hope because God designed a way for us to come. Amen. So that makes him a little lower than the angels. And so I read further. And thou crownest him with glory and honor, and this set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see, now they now began to talk about Jesus. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. 
So we're not seeing what they subjected him to. For the suffering of death, what happened to him? He was now crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Imagine one person tasted death for every man. What's the reason for that? The reason is because by doing so, he has access and right to redeem every man. Mm. You see, Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Eh? For both he that sanctified and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God has given me, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had power over death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels. I like you know, the word, the, how they use nature too. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things, he behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people, for in that he himself had suffered being tempted, is able to succor them that are tempted. So we can see that design, how Christ himself became Adam. Hmm? They, were, they were telling us here, he didn't take the seed of angel, he took the seed of Abraham. Amen. So he himself was made a little, but we see Jesus, eh? who was made a little lower than angels. Who else was made a little lower than angels? Adam. So what is man? That thou, they also mention it here. Ah, man, of me. Or the son of man that thou visited him. That made him a little lower. So we can just see that comparison. So it was not, it's not, the scripture is aligned and given so that it can point us in the, in the right direction, right? Scripture is not textbook. Scripture, Bible, is spirit, which means we also need spirit to open it up. So we begin to see how Holy Spirit, Scripture, will begin to explain itself through the wisdom um, that Holy Spirit teaches. Say, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, and that is and that is how you compare spiritual things with spiritual. You can see the the alignment in the Scriptures. Amen. Amen. Then what happened? Then it was made a little lower so that we can all be redeemed back. We can not just be redeemed that same life that Adam left in the tree. You notice when he sinned. God told him, no, out of the garden. So the less he put his hand 
on the tree of life. Why? God was protecting Adam. Imagine someone that has eaten the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, now touch, putting his hand to now eat the tree of life, the fruit in that tree. What happens is Adam, Adam will become irredeemable. You can never redeem him back. It would be eternally destroyed, just like Satan. Wow. No Satan can turn. Yeah. Yeah. It will be gone forever. No hope of redemption. Why? Because the life in that tree has immortality. Right? So, God, who are Only who at immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach. Right? That immortality is a nature in that tree that the, if, and that thing is in God. And immortality is not, oh, I'm not dying today. No, that's not it. It's not the, not the, it's not the, you know, the inability to drop the flesh, the body. No, that's not it. Immortality is some, is, is, is a, is a, how do I put it? Is a quality, is it a quality or is a trait in God? Is a trait in God. Which is why God cannot die. It's impossible. The life inside, the reason why the life inside God can never be quenched is because of that immortality. Mm-hmm. Eh? Mm-hmm. Why? It's, it's, the, it's called the power of an endless life. Why? Because the moment that life is coming like this, when it's about to reach the, 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 the end of it, what will happen? It will just automatically renew itself. It's a self-renewing life. Which means if anyone could take hold of that life, that person will also come into the same nature, which is the immortality that is in God or the exact same life that is in God. Amen. That is the hope. That is the hope. Amen. So let me read. Let me quickly move forward so that I'll end. Um, So we'll read Hebrews chapter 6. That we wanted to read earlier. So the reason why I'm explaining this is just to give us a summary of what I've been saying earlier, right? So therefore, um, they needed to perfect Adam, right? A man. And the only way you can perfect him is to give him of the fruit inside that tree. So the moment you can take it, it will be eternally saved. Right? So like I was explaining earlier that if he had had that tr- the, the same fruit of a knowledge of evil inside him and he eat of the tree of life, he will be gone forever. And that's why God can't just give us that same life immediately when we get born again. Because the, the old man, the, the nature inside the old man hasn't fully gone. What happens is there is redemption, there's salvation. Eh? The moment we get born again, what happens? Our spirit is born again. Because spirit is faster than, uh, how do I put it? Anything that is spirit is faster than what you can see. Mm? Mm. And there are grades. When you are moving from the natural into the spirit, there is the totally physical, natural. Then you move, you are a little bit in the spirit and then you are fully in the spirit. What I'm trying to explain is that the way God made man, he made him spirit, soul, and body, right? Mm. Because it's spirit, soul, body. All those, uh, uh, they all have, let me say, they all have different, fun- they are functionally different, but it's the same man. But they all sum up what, what, they all sum up what a man means. They all sum up a man. 
if, I'm, if that makes sense, right? So when we get born again, our spirit, the, our spirit is renewed. It was recreated. We are born again. Then our soul will partake a little of that salvation, which is why you know most of the time when people get born again, there are little little habits that go away, but some don't go. Mm-hmm. Eh? That's the reason why not everything will just disappear mm-hmm. because it's a nature, and nature, the way, nature is different, mm-hmm. right? You have to, when you, the way you deal with nature is you begin to reach, you re, mm-hmm. reteach mm-hmm. the nature. So you undo the nature to redo something else. Abby? Yes, and if, when we have habits, the way we redo it is, okay, we unlearn it. Okay, I don't want to do it this way again. I want to start doing it this way. They will, they will not begin to, to do it. But what happened is that even though we might be born again, in our, inside our mind somewhere, we might want to do good. Just like Paul was saying then there might be a limitation. Why? Because the, there is war in the soul. The soul, there's, there's nature. Two, two natures be, will begin to fight. Why? The, the nature in the spirit that is trying to come into the soul will begin to say, solo, I want to come. Then the nature in the soul, because the way it's designed is whatever the soul has, it holds on to it. Literally, you have to kill the soul to let it go. Then the soul will say, no, I don't want to let it go. This new one, stay. Okay, maybe I'll try and learn it. No, 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 no. It's, it's hard. Mm. Then what happened? But there is also a way eh, mm. that God will now begin to bridge that gap, which is the learning of righteousness. Right? So we'll read Hebrews 6, and then I think I'll, from there I'll just round up. So therefore, Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on, on to perfection. So like I was saying earlier, to perfect a man, you have to give him that life from that tree, right? So now, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Which means when we get born again, one of the first things we'll come into is repentance from dead works. Or, and faith towards God. Why? Well, God will begin. Will be, repentance of the blessed it simply means we just begin to, you know, things I used to do, I do them no more. Things I used to do, I do them no more. You know, we know that have some. Yeah. So maybe we used to, um, you know, let's say we used to steal meat in the pot, right? And then as we get born again, Holy Ghost will begin to teach us, no, don't, it's not good to steal meat. Ah, stealing me from the pot is not good. Then what happens? They will not try not to do those things again. Then what happens? Then we will begin, God will not begin to strengthen our faith towards him. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the life we've been living is actually a life of faith outside God. It's a different kind of faith. So we don't even trust God for anything. Mm-hmm. Right? Then God will begin to train us to at least have some level of faith towards him. But that is also just the beginning. Right, because he said, "Let us move on." Perfection is a different learning. So, but God had to do this for us, so that at least our orientation before we begin to be rechanged gradually. Right? Then what happens? Say, so, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. So, the the principles of the doctrine of Christ are all these things they are mentioning. Then, when we begin to move into perfection. They will begin to learn the doctrine of Christ. 
Then what happened? Inside the doctrine of Christ is where righteousness is now being learned, which is now the key to the kingdom of God. Hmm? Which is the what? The key to the kingdom of God. Which means if we have to learn kingdom, understand the kingdom of God, come into it, what we need is to learn righteousness. How? The coming of righteousness or learning righteousness is also the teaching of faith. But this one is not faith towards God anymore. It's now called the faith of the Son, which is the faith of Christ, which sums up the doctrine of Christ, which they are talking about in this chapter 6. This doctrine of Christ is the life of Christ. Or let me use this word, is the nature of Christ. Because the nature of God, like I said earlier, as simple as it is, you know, if I think about it now, let's say be meek. Ah, do you know how hard it is to be meek? No, we are trying to be meek now. The reason why it's hard is because we have not fully come into God's nature. By the time we journey there, it won't be hard anymore. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Why? So, and God knows that that's how it is. What will he do? He will not begin to teach us little by little. Because you can't just learn everything at once. That is why they also have to teach us faith towards God. Mm. Mm? Open Isaiah 28 and then I'll round up after we read that. Isaiah 28. And I'll read from Amen. I read from verse 9 to verse 10. It said, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? So, as I was saying earlier, what we're reading, right? It said the doctrine of Christ, Abby. And inside the doctrine of Christ is what we call, where we learn faith, right? Now said, Who shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Because there are they that are still sucking breast and are drinking milk. Why? When we get born again, what we do is we begin to drink milk and we begin to suck breast. That's why in Corinthians, Paul said, uh, oh, Peter said, as newborn babes desire what? The sincere milk of the world. Because that is what newborn babes depend on. Right? And newborn babes, what do they learn? Repentance from dead work. What we learn? We learn faith towards God. We learn baptism and all those things they mentioned in uh, chapter 6. Then later, then now it comes a time that that child, that babe, will need to grow up. Because there must be movement in the spirit. Then what happened? They need to now wean that child from milk. Draw that child from breast. Imagine a child, you know now, when I know, uh, you know, for us, uh, I say for us, I'm not a mother, I'm a father. <laughs> for, 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 for mothers, you know, like, like, like my sister-in-law, when she gave birth, after a while, there comes a time, they begin to say, ah, Stop this baby from... And there's a, uh, I think uh, there's a song I also know in Edmonton too. It comes a time. Ah, there's a, you see, it's time to win this child from breast. 
you know, stop the stop why because it also becomes painful. Eh? If the child continues as grown as and the ah as grown as the child is and it's still sucking, no, 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 you cannot. You have to stop. It is what well, it is painful. <laughs> then what, what happened? Then they have to now win that child from breast, right? And that is what happens also in the spirit. Then when we are sucking Holy Ghost breast. It comes to a time when they want to mature us. Then what, they ha- what did they do? They wean us from breast. Then what did they, how did they do that? They begin to introduce knowledge. They begin to introduce doctrine. Right? As we read in Isaiah 28, right? It said, who shall it teach knowledge? Whom shall it acknowledge? And whom shall it make to understand doctrine? Then that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Why? Now, hey, this is, and this is where I'm, where I'm going. He said, for precept must be upon precept. Line upon line. Here a little, there a little. And that's when we come into little by little knowledge of Christ. Mm? So there is the little, little knowledge of Christ, which is different from the one we learn when we just get born again. They now begin to introduce knowledge. This one is highly different. It comes with a different strength. It comes with a different dealing. It is when we begin to learn knowledge and understand doctrine that now, now what happens? We begin to learn the faith of the Son of God. That is the faith of Christ, which teaches us the nature of of Christ. Amen. So when he begins to teach us then, Romans chapter 1, and there we go, and there we end the meeting. Just to, just to tie, on, tie in together the learning of uh, knowledge to understand doctrine. How can we learn knowledge? How can we understand doctrine? When we begin to learn knowledge and understand doctrine is when we begin to learn righteousness. The, 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 the exposure into righteousness, which is the key to the kingdom of God, right? So we read Romans 1 verse, uh, let me read from verse verse 16 or so. It said, from verse 16, it said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. Now the gospel of Christ is not just repent, be born again, we are okay, Right? When you begin to learn the gospel of Christ, you've progressed a bit. You're no longer sucking breast, right? He said, the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Why? For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. See, the righteousness of God can't be revealed from anywhere else, but inside the gospel of Christ or the doctrine of Christ. So inside the doctrine of Christ is the, the doctrine of righteousness embedded. That's where they kept righteousness. Right? That said, the righteousness of God revealed. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Which means it has to be revealed. And that's what I mean earlier when we say we don't know what righteousness is. Right, because our own understanding of righteousness is don't slap this one. Those are part of it. Little, little, little righteousness that comes with milk. Right, when we get born again, those are righteousness. But there's a righteousness that 
grows up higher than milk. Right? And that righteousness is what they are referring to here. And it's now revealed from where? From faith to faith. Said, for therein, verse 17, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So then when the, the just, the just, so the, the, the defining the just shall live by faith. Why? Because that faith they will live by has to be revealed from faith to faith. Now if you compare this with what we just read, that faith to faith can be interpreted as line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. And then we begin to learn righteousness. Begin to learn righteousness. And when we begin to learn this one, that will now begin to point us to the true understanding of the kingdom. Amen. Are we blessed this morning? Are we blessed? Huh? Any question? This is question time now. Any question? Inside that, the, 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 when the nature of God is beginning to be revealed in a higher measure than it was when we just get born again, we are beginning to learn righteousness. It's, 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 it's kept initially. So righteousness is the key into the kingdom. So it's kept so that when we, are, when we get born again, then we start growing up, then we get to a point, then God will now begin to reveal it to us. Right? Because we can't just, like I was saying, we can't just get it like that. Yeah. Although we are, we are born again, we love God, we, we serve Him, you know, we go to church, we are doing all that, but there's still some uh, limitation, I don't say limitation, there's still some warring in the heart. There are some things we can't just break, right? So there is, there is a way we can, you know, we can, let's just say we can stop uh, some things, right? Or let, let's just put it this way. Not as a way uh, I can stop lying, you know, stop stealing. Uh, stop fornicating, you know, all those things. In, like, you say the old Ten Commandments. I, I, I may not be able to be doing all that. But there is something that is much more than that that I may not know of. For example, how can I not put my life on st- something that's totally not Christ or not God? That has nothing to do with eternal inheritance. Or let's just say, how, how can I learn to deny my pride. Those, those are things that are, they are, not, they, are not, they are not something you can learn with don't lie, don't slap. Those ones are nature bound. Mm? They are nature. To get to the root of nature, you need another nature to be unveiled, to teach it. Right? So when that nature is beginning to come, then when, that's when righteousness begins to come to us so that we can learn righteousness. And righteousness will begin to re, 
retrain our nature, right? Because righteousness will prepare us for the kingdom. By the time righteousness has trained us so well, we will be able to come into a place where the kingdom can rest in our soul. So if you have like a, you know, a prevailing uh, issue, say you want to be neat as, as you, you know, as you see it on someone or that's what God wants you to, I mean, as for us to be like meek or just say, get rid of, you know, envy or jealousy. And you've been crying to God for the longest and been like, you know, God, you know what, you know, this is what I don't like. Thanks. It's still there. It's very prevalent. Uh, uh, you know, you do you do the fasting, or say maybe you don't you haven't fasted yet. You know, but you've been asking God. Like God can see that you know this yeah, is trying, yeah. what you want. Until for how long do you have to wait? At, or when would you know that this is actually you know taking place, or already taking place where you know He raised that. Now you're not you you pass this uh, you know this, this stage of you know not not jealous or, or not all that kind of stuff. That's just something that you know I've been really thinking about it. Yes, that, you know. Uh, how does that when does when when did that when does that happen that you know you're like okay now that jealous is not longer there, or i have this attention of certain things no yeah longer. look at there yeah. yes yeah. Yeah. the reason that's one of the things that we, we learn with that is that it doesn't go in one day right because it's a nature that has been learned over time that what happens is if a soul is not exposed to learning righteousness because righteousness, it begins to teach about those things. Mm. Then as we begin to hear and hear and hear, because we can, the way the soul learns is it keeps learning. And how do we learn? By hearing. Right? If you if if also read further in Romans 1 that we're reading, it said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what happens is we begin to hear. We keep listening and listening and listening and then what? Growing. Once we are growing in the word, scripturally, then what happens is, over time, you get to a point, you just notice that, wow, those things are gone. They're no longer there. You, you come into a place, just notice that they're, they're just gone. Yeah. Hmm? Mm-hmm. We, can't put, we can't put a timeline to it because it also has to do with our willingness. Because it's, it's something we have to uh, also put effort to. Right, there is the grace of God that will come for that, but then there is the learning. The learning is what is important, mm. right? Because we noticed earlier when we read in Isaiah, it says, "Who shall he teach knowledge?" Mm. The reason for teaching knowledge or the knowledge of God is so that they can address the learning mm. that is in the soul, mm. so that they can re- retrain the soul. And then once they retrain the soul, the soul, uh, the soul, what happens is the soul keeps staring. Whatever the soul keeps looking at, it becomes it. So the way the soul is the way it is right now is because it has been looking at a learning over time. Now that a new learning is coming, it has to keep looking and looking and looking and keep waiting and waiting and learning. And then we also we have to now be yielding. Because when righteousness begins to come, instructions will begin to come. Like we said earlier when we started, right? The instructions of righteousness which can actually reconfigure how we respond to those things. Mm. Then over time we now realize, oh wow, I have before I used to be jealous. So. Well, I'm not as jealous as I used to be. It's not that the jealousy is gone, but not as jealous. Then after a while, wow, I'm no longer jealous. Mm. <laughs> what will happen is that 
Now, all these things I'm saying, you know, this, this is the work part of it, but there is the spiritual part, right? Because it's all spirit. The soul is spirit. There are substance that must come into the soul. And those substance have to come by revelation, by the hearing of righteousness. Hmm? You know, it's easy to just carry Bible, hello, okay, this is our text for today, but it doesn't come that way. Mm. How it comes is by learning spirit. So those things will begin to come as we begin, when we are exposed to the word of righteousness and righteousness learning is coming, what happens is a whole lot is open in the realm of the spirit which begin to allow spirit to flow. You know, like we read in the morning, it says, my, the word I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Because spirit the reason for giving up spirit is so that it will end in life. So when we receive spirit, there are, are things you receive in the spirit that you can't really lay hands on. You know, there's a way you can explain, I touched this book today, I touched that book today. But this one, you won't, you can't say, okay, this is what I touched, but you know you received something. So when they are defining faith, that's the reason for this faith, right? Faith is what? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So there is a substance that you are not really uh, seeing, but you are receiving. So those things are the things that we feel the soul over time. After a while, the soul is changing. It's changing as we also align with that training because when that comes, there's also our part where we yield. So when we are yielding over time, now notice, oh wow. Things I used to, now that's on, things I used to really, really do. Wow, indeed, I am doing them no more. So the, we can't say there's a time because the, the, the soul is really what determines how long. So then, just I guess what you're saying, you can fast, or you can pray, or you can ask. You know, it just, it's just it's about you know, the timing of God. Then. <laughs> Not the, the reason why I'm careful is this. Eh? Because this, I don't want to discourage you, right, when you say fast. Because in reality, there are things that fasting do. But fasting does not take away nature. Mm. Fasting, yeah. right, can allow you to be closer to hear from God, right? So the reason why we fast is so that we can be more spiritually tuned mm. in the spirit, right? So when we fast, we are tuned to God, so that God can speak, can receive of God. But that itself cannot change the nature. Nature, the nature is, you know, I don't know, nature, nature is indeed, is indeed, is oh my, my, my. Nature is a might, right? It's a stronghold. So you can't just, you can't just dial it like that. What answers to that is learning. And then how we learn is we keep hearing and hearing. And then after a while, righteousness will break in and then remove. No, because over time before, we used to think maybe because we, we fast and pray, or some things will go. There are things like prayer and fasting will address. Right? Prayer and fasting will make power available. Prayer and fasting can even bring to you what you will need. Right? But then, prayer or fasting won't teach us to yield. Hmm? Does that make sense? So, prayer and fasting can open up the heavens, bring spiritual substances that we need, or for learning. Right? Because this one, to address the soul, the only way you can address the soul is to learn. Yes, sir. 
that's how the soul is addressed. So that's why we have to keep learning and learning and yielding to righteousness. Amen. Amen. Because yeah? the reason why I said that is what we say is up to God's timing. It's not just God's timing. You know, God always say God's timing because we can easily just leave it. Oh, it's God's timing because whatever God desires. But God has actually promised to give us these things. But the, 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 the struggle is the receiving of them could take, could take, uh, is, is dependent on the soul itself. So the soul has to yield. There's a lot of learning the soul needs to come into to actually get rid of so many nature things. So it's nature for nature. We have to undo the nature by receiving a different nature, which comes by the learning of righteousness. Amen. Any other questions? No question. Any addition? No addition? <laughs> okay. All right, let's just begin to thank God for today. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. Father, we thank you. Let us pray that everyone would help us to come into the blessing of righteousness. Because uh, as we've read in Isaiah, it said, Who shall he teach knowledge? Who shall he make to understand doctrine? He that is weaned from milk. Say, for what? So, precept must be upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. That everyone will bring us into the dispensation of the doctrine of the learning of righteousness, of the doctrine of righteousness, the learning of righteousness, that our soul will come, will open up into the learning of righteousness, which has to be revealed, that will come into the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That revelation will begin to flow. Why? Because when we learn righteousness, revelation begins to come. That begin to pray. That will come into the mercy of the revelation of the righteousness of God. Mahaseno pariata, endrenanos, hebrata, hebrata, Melena Sota, Happy Sedalia, Eprakatalia Semana, Embrata, 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 Epalia, Castefelita, Pastefelita, Ezende, 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 Yamosa, Eprasa, 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 Endibra, Endibro Noste, Ecassete, 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 Venzolima, Eprata, Eprata. Evazana, mercy, thou come into mercy to receive righteousness. Father, we thank you. How profanemota halimania, prenazondaya, hectana, fesima. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your word that you have spoken to us this morning. Father, we ask, Lord, that by your grace and your mercy, you continue to open us up to the learning of your righteousness in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the blessing of your spirit. The spirit that begins to reveal your righteousness. 
As Paul prayed for the Ephesian church, he said, I pray for that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We ask, Father, that you bring us under the dispensation of your spirit for the revelation of your righteousness in the name of Jesus. But I will pray for grace. Amen. Grace to learn your meekness. Amen. Why? Because your word says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save. Father, we know without meekness we can't access. Father, we pray that the meekness needed to access your word, to access your righteousness, that you will bless with each and every of our heart in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that by the reason of your word, you begin to open upon us seasons of the revealing of your righteousness in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let us to wean us, O oh Lord, from your milk. Give us strength to begin to yield and learn of your righteousness. Amen. Let us learn. Give us grace. Give us the change in our heart needed to yield to righteousness. Thank you, Father, because you have answered our prayer. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the 